It's Midsummer Maniacs. Midsummer Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. We're dedicated to it. Each week, we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, and the loonies, and everything else we love. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And this week, we're talking about season 22, episode 2, The Stitcher Society. I have a question for our listeners. Uh-huh. Were your ears burning yesterday? Oh, they should have been. Boy, we were talking about you guys. So we were invited to teach a class at this thing um, at Indiana University where we both work called the Mini University, which is open to alumni of the university and largely attracts, I would say, alumni who are over 60. Yes. So these are lifelong learners of a of mature age. I was the youngest man in the room. They come back for a week and they take classes on like they're like one or two hour classes on anything. Yeah. So we went and um, ran a session called Murder Most Cozy, a podcast, a love story and a discovered community. And in that session, one of the things we did to establish community mm-hmm. and establish that we had established a community <laughs> is I went through all the emails, Instagram messages, and tweet messages Mm -hmm. that you guys have sent us. And we excerpted some quotes from those and put them up on the slides, not identified, but because there were just so many moving messages, especially from the, you know, the middle of COVID, where people were saying that just having something to listen to that made them laugh was just so useful to them. It was so beneficial. And I really wanted to demonstrate to this audience that like lots of good can come out of even a silly podcast, you know, that's just about a TV show. Yeah. I I just want to say if you're have been touched by our podcast, the feeling is absolutely mutual. Yeah. We have absolutely been emotionally benefited by doing this podcast. Well, and we were able to show this audience of, of older folks that our audience is their demographic. Uh, a good segment of our audience is their demographic. So you also were able to inspire some of your peers who thought they were too old to figure out how to listen to a podcast. Like, yeah. You can't say that anymore because look, people found us and how to listen to it. So if they can do it, so can you. It was fun. It was really fun. So keep those cards and letters coming. We absolutely <laughs> love every one of them yeah. that we get. Yeah. And we like we get them daily now. We and read every one of them. We read every single one of them. And thank you. Thank you so much for listening and being part of our community. Oh, okay. So now can we be goofy? Yes. So All right. We're going to talk about this show and tell you who the killer is. Yeah. We, okay. we spoil the episode. If you've never listened before, just know we're about to ruin it for you. And so if you haven't seen it, stop right now. Listen to the mini episode that is spoiler free that we put out for this episode of the show of Midsummer murders prior to it mini episode 11 the stitcher society ninja heart patients yes then watch the episode and then come back and listen to this because we're about to ruin it guess what hannah did it yep (laughs) if your blonde amazon is the kid if your kids are old enough to watch the show and do kendo they're old enough to listen to the podcast this is a fun episode (laughs) 
There are, I've got so many questions about it though. Things that I just don't understand. <laughs> In the mini episode, we're like, la, 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 la. And we go through a bunch of stuff. It's like 20 minutes long, the mini episode. And then we're like, oh, by the way, Kendo. What? What? <laughs> so in the mini episode, we pointed out that a few things that we thought that you should watch for if you wanted to watch like a maniac. So let's just review real quick. We said that there was um, some interesting extra action going on at the cop shop, including a lady who was way too close to her monitor. We talked about the taps in the pub. Yep. We talked about the weird paintings in Alberta's lounge. Wow. Nelly the elephant and a hidden soldier. Yes. So we also talked about in the mini how in this village, everyone over 50 has had heart surgery and how weird that is. And then we talked about cancer maps and weird things to the point where we discussed diurnal patterns and butter (laughs) in the water. So we said butter water or lard water or something like there must be some high level of cholesterol or some other environmental factor that causes everybody in this village to have heart disease. On rewatching it, though, I figured out that half of the members of the society of the Citrus Society are spouses of people who have had heart surgery. Yes. Which I didn't really appreciate, you know, when I watched it the first time, because it's just like all these people must have had open heart at some point or they're married to somebody who has, I guess. It's, it's a still it's a, a very gym. niche gem. It's a niche gem. <laughs> yeah. Is so for sure. We're in Tamworth Springs for this episode, which I think it's the first time we've been in Tamworth Springs. So. Somebody can correct so. us if we're wrong. There's a pub called the Cock and Rabbit. The Cock and Rabbit. Which is a real pub in Great Missenden. It's also known as the Lee. I couldn't quite figure out whether it's still called the Cock and Rabbit or it's now the Lee because it's sort of listed as both. And it might be for sale for 999,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. It does have guest rooms in reality. And it looks exactly mid- like it. <laughs> Do you think we could open a midsummer pub? Yeah. Like have a little village pub that was the Midsummer pub. And if you came there, you could get food and drink that was related to Midsummer. Yeah. And I think it would be a very successful pub. Wow. But Mm. we'd have to kill everybody who stayed there. Well, yes. (laughs) If it was an inn, most certainly. If it's an inn, like one guest tonight gets murdered. It's also, and this is weird to say, but it's almost a step too far. (laughs) (laughs) He said... After 128 episodes. Well, you know, neither of us have midsummer tattoos or anything. So, you know, we haven't gone too far. No. But if we were to open a business, that was that was the other thing about yesterday about the mini university. Those people wanted us to make money. Yeah. They almost seemed affronted that we didn't make any money off the podcast. Like, do you know how you could you could monetize that? Do you know and, how much money you could be making? And, we're and like, they were sure that Acorn or whoever was making Midsummer was going to come after us. Yeah. No. Like, why would they? We have a positive relationship with them. Yeah. They're not going to sue us. No. Especially since we don't make any money. Well, absolutely not. <laughs> those, yeah. old, those old people were like, you should be cashing in. Yeah, we're not interested. In That's not our thing. Nope. Toby. Oh my gosh. So, poor so we Toby. S- we start years ago. Five years ago. Five years Toby ago. is being hunted by a lynch mob. Toby. It's poor man. It's a dog's name. Uh, no, the the dogs are called Teddy and Bear because they're memorialized I did no, I did on the gates that. of the Stitcher Society. I notice that. Who does that? Uh, Who Ted. puts their dogs in picture frames and hangs them outside? They're like. Set the dogs on them. Like, 
It's so, terrifying. Toby has a hurt leg, and he's trying to escape from the following people. So there's... There's Alberta. Yes. Mimi. Yes. Georgie. Harry. And uh, Gideon. Gideon. Yes. Yeah. Basically, anybody over 50 in the in the village is after him. <laughs> now, do you think that they have already had their open heart surgeries, or did they have them since then? We know Toby's had his since then. I think... Maybe half and half, maybe. Because I was kind of wondering, like, is that some kind of karmic retribution on these people that after they ran Toby out of town, they all had heart attacks? Because <laughs> it would serve them right. They're just horrible people. They're it's, ready to kill him. It's scary. It's really scary. I it, understand later why he has kind of flashbacks about PTSD it. PTSD. Why him. he would yeah. ever be willing to come back there, why, I don't know. I would uh, never want to come back there. It's Earth, scary. Would he ever come back? To that spot. Yeah, I would never want to go in that village no. green again. No. So they're after him because they're all convinced that Toby has killed Viola, who is Alberta's sister. Now, you've seen some pictures of Viola, mm-hmm. right? How old do you think she is? In the photos? Yeah. Uh, in her late 30s, probably. Yeah, she's listed in the newspaper article as 61. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened there. That's a mistake. I thought she was listed as being like 38. Nope. It has her name and then 61 in brackets afterwards. Well, she doesn't look... She's not 61. No, she's not that that no. old. No. And the, yeah, I mean, they, they're about to release the, the dogs on him, these two German shepherds. Yeah. He runs into his sister's pub, Julia, and Cooper own the cock and robin and rabbit. I want to call it cock and robin. The cock and rabbit. He runs in there. He's terrified for his life. Yeah. He is. He's banging on the door. He leaves that night and he doesn't come back for five years. No. And in the meantime, he has open heart surgery. Uh, I. He should not ever come back there. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. Not until all those people are gone. For sure. Meanwhile, <laughs> Put some the, more butter in the water. You can take care of those people. <laughs> now in the present, the Barnabys are walking along. This is that's the only thing I don't like about this episode is this whole health kick weirdness. Yes. Sarah is pushing greens on John, trying to make him eat healthier in support of Betty's health week at school. They eat this healthy dinner. Betty's not even there to see them eat it. I no. don't understand how she's supposed to be influenced by them being willing to participate. No. And this has been done in this show yeah. better. Yes. In one of the worst episodes. Yes. Poor Tom Barnaby had to eat, what, bananas and kale or something, something. gross like that. Yeah. So let's just skip that part because okay. it doesn't do anything for the episode. The so rest of it is so much better. The, the motorcycle is being run by... Ridden by Harry, Harry Marks. Harry Marks. Who's the solicitor of the village. Poor Harry. He's having a tough time. But he has the most wide-ranging practice. He does everything from wills to criminal trials. Yes, he does. Well, which, no wonder he's not very good at it. Yeah, small-town lawyers sometimes have to do a, a bunch of different things. Yeah, but not criminal law and civil law. Do you they think, don't do both. So he pulls a cigarette out here. Oh, do it's you, a joint. You think it's a joint? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because everybody jokes about how high he is. Yes, he's high all the time. What I was impressed by was when he shows up at the Stitcher Society and takes his shirt off. That prosthetic for his zipper. Yes. His chest is super hairy. It is. That could not have been easy to apply no. that prosthetic. All the zipper prosthetics are really good. Even even Hannah's, because it's like tucked into her cleavage. Yeah. It is. Which, fine, whatever. Make any boob jokes you want to. But... 
having applied prosthetics to people, I can tell you that a point like, like cleavage like that, where the skin is so folded, it's really hard to keep prosthetics adhered yeah. to skin like that. It's like putting one on the inside of your elbow. It would be really hard to keep no. it in place correctly. But All of the prosthetics are super good. But I'm guessing that, uh, that Harry's uh, chest got shaved a bit. Just a bit. Yeah, just a bit. Just down the middle. He's played by Keith Allen, by the way. Who Have you is- been smoking? Smoking hot! <laughs> yeah. That He's makes a, no sense yeah. as an answer. Uh, Keith Allen, who plays Harry, was in The Toxic Avenger Part 2. Of course he was. <laughs> that classic. Duh. Not Part 1. No, no. Part 2. Part 2. Part two. <laughs> Toxic Boogaloo. Toxic Boogaloo. <laughs> we didn't talk about this in the mini, but we should have. Mm. Because he comes into the Stitcher Society, and then the, and he goes up to the desk to talk to some character who really should not even be there. Yeah. He's there there are two characters in this episode who are completely useless. I'm guessing that you're talking about Gideon and Erica. Gideon and Erica are complete What is Erica? She's a nurse? I guess. She wears they, scrubs. They treat her like a doctor too sometimes. Yeah. But, but they don't actually say she's a she nurse. She gives Georgie the news that she has to have open heart again. What? No, yeah, and, you wouldn't do that. And she has she runs the front desk at the Stitcher Society too. Yeah. The Stitcher Society front desk. Mm-hmm. Wow. Did you have a look at that? <laughs> There's a lot going on. The following are in the sculpture sculpture area behind the desk. Mm-hmm. So they have a silver bust, like a torso bust. Mm-hmm. There's a silver diver, four silver dancers. There are six, I think seven anatomical heart statues. Okay. Three weird shapes that I'm not sure what they are. Like this is all behind her. Are there five of anything? No. <laughs> because this is sounding like the 12 days of Christmas. Six anatomical hearts, five things I can't recognize. <laughs> then there's a whole anatomical torso dummy, you know, the ones that you... Use to to educate people about where their organs are. Yes, plus two signs and a sign on the counter for the Stitcher Society and three big pots on top of all this. I just don't know what any of these people do for a living because all they seem to do is Stitcher Society stuff. Well, they exercise, they go on outings, they have meetings, they have little clubs, they do confidence building exercises. Like when do they have time to live their lives? The, that is answered by the next thing I saw, which is a screen that has an incredibly booked up schedule in it. Yeah. There's only like 12 members and, and they're I, all jam-packed busy. And I was like, what is that application that she's using <laughs> to do that schedule in there? And spreadsheet. Yeah. It didn't look like a spreadsheet. It looked like some app. Uh, but uh, yeah. to look like an app. So this, I'm assuming that the Stitcher Society is in an outbuilding on the grounds of the tombs. Estate. Estate. Yeah. Right. But I don't think it's Gideon's family home. I think it's Alberta's family home. I think so, too. I think Alberta is the money here. And I think he took her last name. Yeah. Because he's a tombs. Yeah. Right? Because she said, oh, daddy used to take us on shoots. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I think it's her family estate. I think so. So they, they must have opened it after Gideon had open heart surgery. And she nursed him back to health every minute of every day. Yes. She goes on and on. I was waiting for her to give details. We didn't want to know about she's, the care he needed. <laughs> she is very different than she is 
in the Relish episode. Oh my gosh. Lizzie McInerney, I, I'm going to say her name is. Yeah, she was in Sauce for the Goose. She was Caroline Plummer, where she was uh, writing a cookbook, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but man, she is like super pucker faced, sharp eyed, mad in yeah, this episode. She is. She is cutting. Yeah. Like, three words and she would make me break into tears i think just having a conversation with her she is whoo hot she's very sharp hey everybody we have a new member it's toby <laughs> wow talk about not making you feel welcome what was gideon thinking i do not know because clearly he's an idiot he he thinks he has an, has evidence that proves that Toby didn't kill Viola. That's what you start with. So you bring everybody together. You show them the evidence. You change their minds. Then you bring Toby then in. Then you bring Toby in. Not, but I have evidence. I'll show you later. No, that's not going to work. These people were ready to kill this man. He was so ready. Ready that's, to kill. I, I don't know why Toby would do it. I mean, that's an ongoing theme in this. I, why is Toby there? Yeah. Get out, go away, don't ever come back. You don't want any of these people. Your yeah. sister can come visit you wherever you're living. <laughs> don't go there. It's not a big country. It's two to four hour drive. Can yeah. get you most places. Yeah. I tried so hard to find out what the kendo headbands said. Yeah. They have Japanese characters they on have them. Japanese characters on them. And I could not find out what they had written on them. Now, I did find out that there are lots of fake ones that have really stupid things on them in Japanese that us non-Japanese speakers wouldn't recognize, like yep. Big Loser and stuff. Yeah. It looks just as cool, but it says something really bad. Yes. Um, but I couldn't figure out what they said. It just made me think of Karate Kid, you know, yeah, the headbands. Definitely. And the weird sort of color changing in the kendo area, like it's red sometimes and blue sometimes. They they make strange use of rice paper wall screens yeah, in the do. whole episode. Like when Georgie's on the rowing machine and we see her in silhouette, it's just it's just strange. It's like overly stylized. It's unnecessary. Did you like the the credit montage of the kendo fighting? Yeah, it's definitely uh, Hannah. I don't know who she's fighting, but it's definitely it's her definitely hair. Definitely Hannah. Yeah. So Reuben gets impaled on a sword in the park on the village After green. After he deletes a call. Well, he's talking to uh, Julia. Yes. Right? So he's deleting Steinem. No. Yeah. Steinem from his phone. Logistics always get to me. Yeah. So Hannah goes to the Stitcher Society. Yeah. Puts on her gear, yep. walks to the park, which is just right there. The green is just right there. But no one sees her. Nobody sees her do it with a sword that she has modified, right? Because these are rattan swords. So it's like a stick of bamboo that has been split in multiple ways and then like bound back together again, right? Yep. So it has like a flare at the base. Now just they above still the hurt. Oh, yeah, they hurt. Yeah. But she somehow removes the last like third of it and replaces it with a blade. Yes. It's like a, it's not even a blade. It's like a stiletto dagger almost. Yeah. That's like wedged in the end of it. Yeah. And then waits for him to be there on the phone. How does she know he's going to be there? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, okay, wait a minute. We do know. We do know because Hannah knows that Georgie is going to meet with Ruben and talk to him. Oh, yes, that's true. Because she says later, oh, she did meet with him. 
Yeah. So she must have seen him walking on his own and not and, known whether he talked to her he or had, not. He had not met with Georgie. Yet. Right. But he knew, she knew that he was supposed to be out there. So maybe she had tried to talk Georgie out of meeting with him, knowing that he wouldn't know that they weren't going to meet. So he'd be out there on his own. Yeah. Anyway, she basically impales him on the sword and leaves him on the ground with yes. it sticking out of him. Yep. Which Floor then gets to pull out. Yes. When I was in Japan. <laughs> when in Japan. So then I just, she, I really want a show that is the history of Fleur. Yes. Because she's had an awesome life. I want to know what she was like as a younger person, what she was like in med school, yeah. all of the various boyfriends she's had. So she speaks Japanese there too. At least a little bit. Yeah. She says, arigato, ogenki day, which is thank you, take care. Yes. Basically. Yeah. So then they go talk to the widow, of mm. course. And at the widow's house, so this is not the red room. We'll get to the red room. Yeah, this is this not is the an, red lounge. This is another room in the house. I think it's a morning room. I'll tell you what it is. It's the knick-knack paddywhack room. <laughs> it's the library, maybe. It's got walls of bookshelves. There's two bookshelves that we see clearly, and there are so many knicky-knacky things on top of there. It's crazy. The only thing I noticed was a book that was by Peter Benchley, who wrote Jaws. Yes. It's right at eye level behind Barnaby's head. What else? Did, what did you see? Like, there's easily two hundred knickknacks on top of the the, sh the shelves. Like, there's well, when you're you wealthy, those, other people dust for you. You so know you can those have little figurines of animals that are like made of the little pottery stuff. I don't know what it's called. Yes, there are whole bunches of those and cups and. Just so many things on top of there. So now I got obsessed with what was on top of bookshelves. Alberta is justifiably nasty, right? Yes. Her sister was bludgeoned to death and nobody has ever been charged with it, yes. right? She's convinced that Toby did it. Yep. We know he didn't, but she doesn't. And I, I understand that all the evidence points to this person. You want somebody to answer for it, right? So I, I so I sympathize with her thinking Toby did it and being really bitter about having no justice. I, yeah. I sympathize with that. But then the way she turns that nastiness into a kind of a personality is impressive. Yeah. When Harry shows up and puts his hand on her shoulder and she whips around and goes, why are you still here? Yeah. It's like, ouch, Harry, go run, yeah. dude. Dude. She's going to rip your she, head off. She doesn't need you. It's all, I know you need the money. Wow. She's just cuttingly nasty, but I understand why she is. I'm not, I'm not judging her for it. I get it. But she's so good at it. Hey, I'm trying to sell the Stitcher Society. This is what it is. Okay, next scene. <laughs> the whole selling of the Stitchers, the three most useless characters are the woman trying Gideon, to buy. Erica, and Jocasta. And Jocasta. Did you notice that sometimes Jocasta has an accent and sometimes she doesn't? She's an interesting actress, that's for sure. Uh -huh. And back at the pub. So Toby's at the pub. Right. With his sister and brother-in-law. He's staying there. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's different taps in this pub. New beer in Midsummer. Yes. So, Laden. So, well, no, that's not the new one. So, Costin Special 
Costin ales we've seen before. Right. But we have Costin Special Ale here, which is a new Oh, brand. I thought the Dragonfly ones were no, new. The Lodon, L-O-D-D-O-N beer, is actually an actual company. Oh, cool. They have, on the taps, they have Ferryman's Gold, Hullabaloo Best Bitter. Then there's a Cock and Rabbit Original down mm. lower. And then uh, they have a Hoppet Classic Bitter. But they don't have, which I found on their website, which is lodenbrewery.com slash buy online, as a hocus pocus old ale. Oh. Yeah, they seem to be a really cool company, and I love their designs. And that's what their tap signs look like. And I don't know why they got left in, because they're prominently left in. Mm-hmm. I would say that it's definitely on purpose. Yeah. What do you think of Mac McAnally? I'm like, who is this person again? What? Who? Oh, he's Scottish. What's his character trait? He's Scottish. See, to me, he screams like ex-con or P.I. Yeah. Like, as soon as you see him, you're like, either he's an ex-con doing a menial job because that's what he can get and he's grateful for room and board. Yeah. Or he's a plant. Yeah. He's there for another reason. It's written all over him. Yeah. And the actor sort of helps with that. I think his name's Michael Nardone. He looks to me like a policeman or an agent or a gangster or something like that. And that's kind of the role that he usually plays. But who names their kid Mac McAnally? I don't know. Makes you think, eh? Mac-a-nack-a-nacky. Mac-mac-a-mac. Makes you think, eh? 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 We're also, uh, we go investigate Georgie a bit, and she shares some papers. So this is the Midsummer Mercury that we see. Wait a minute. All this time, when we've been seeing the Midsummer Mercury in episode after episode, Georgie runs that paper. She is a big deal. I can't think that she runs that. She says she does. She runs the entire county newspaper. Yeah, I don't think so with the writing in that article. Oh, yeah. She she certainly doesn't know about impartial reporting. She calls Toby a monster that should be behind bars. It's a trial to put this monster behind bars. <laughs> Did is... you go to journalism school? <laughs> I love the glamour shot she has on all of her bylines, too. Yes. It's like, look at me. I'm all out of focus and soft. Yes. Mm. And, like, she clearly was attached to, to Viola. There was a romantic relationship mm-hmm. there. She should not be writing articles about the person who's accused. No, there is that too. Like she has a clear conflict of interest. Yeah. Because I doubt she's she's exposing in the first paragraph, just so everybody knows, this person who was murdered was my girlfriend, but I'm impartial but as a hey, journalist. this monster, put him behind bars. Yeah, <laughs> just horrible reporting. Yeah. The fa- they, they say she didn't pull any punches, which is, wow, that's an understatement of yes. the century. Lots of people are related here, too. Yes. Alberta and Gideon have a son, Reuben. Yes. No, I'm sorry. I completely screwed that up. Alberta and Reuben have a son, Gideon. Yes. Okay. Then Julia and Cooper are the parents of Erica. Yes. But Erica's last name is Marks. According to IMDb, that can't be right. No. Because she would be Steinem. Yeah, she would be Steinem. Wow, I'm completely confused. She can't be... She's Julia's daughter. Yeah, and she can't be... Um, what's his name? Son. Cooper? Cooper's... Daughter? Daughter. Why not? No, no. 
Okay. If her last name is Mark. Yeah, she's got to be Harry's daughter. So were Harry and Harry. Julia married at some point? I don't think so. I'm, I'm very confused by yeah. that. And then there's Mimi Dagmar, who owned, she owns D&D real estate. Yeah. Which just made me think Dungeons and Dragons every yes. single time I saw yes. it. With Viola. Yes. Whose last name started with a D. Uh, her last name was Dagenham? Viola Deepened. Deep end? Yes. So wait a minute. Then that means that Tombs can't be Alberta's last name. It's got to be Ruben's last name. Yeah. And so Alberta's last name has to be Deepened. Her maiden name. Yeah. Oh, it's so confusing. It's confusing. One thing I did notice in the newspaper article was it said that Mimi had been divorced three times. This was her third divorce. Oh, wow. (laughs) Are you surprised? I also said that. Uh, Viola was 61. That's the article. <laughs> I'm like, no, she wasn't. We were talking before we started recording today, and we both agreed that Mimi is like one of the most evil people ever in oh, Midsummer. Oh, we will get to how she evil is, she is. Wow, super. psychopathic kind of levels of, of evil. But the biggest suspension of disbelief I have in this episode is that Mimi had anything to do with Toby. Toby may be a fine gentleman. He's not a looker. He'd be marrying up. He's marrying up. Pretty big there. time. Yeah. And he, he's not particularly wealthy either. It's not like we find out that he's a millionaire and that's maybe why she married him. Since well, she is a psychopath. She is she flirty McFlurry pants. Oh my gosh. Mimi's over the top. I love how she describes Georgie. She says, you know, she's all smocks and sandals. Yeah. <laughs> Smocks and sandals. <laughs> Unlike her, uh, Hannah Waddingham, who plays Mimi Dagmar, yep. is 5'10 yep. and regularly wears four inch heels. Like yep. that's what she goes jogging in is four inch heels, yep. which would make her 6'2. Yes. So it's like 5'10 really isn't that tall. I mean, you're 5'10. Yeah. I'm 5'10. And you're not ginormous, nope. but you don't wear four I'm inch heels. Average. Yeah. But I don't wear, well, not out. <laughs> not where people can see. Yes. Um, but I, I think she, as an actress, I think she accentuates her height. Yes, I think she so. She wears kind of tall hair a bit. She wears the heels. She is very put together. She is extremely put together, flirty McFlurry pants. When she and Barnaby first encounter each other on the street. like, But you know, yes, she's a flirt. But most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, it's kind of classy flirting kind of every once in a while she goes over the line like do you want me to be yeah and do you know how far away from me you are yeah you know but i can see how some of her flirting would work because it's very flattering to the person she's talking to she goes i married a wrongin i'm like you are a wrong you're a wrongin (laughs) he married a wrongin when he married you you psychopath coronary disease is a gold mind oh whatever making money off of people who've had open heart surgery so they make a big deal in the citrus society about not only are they there to have like checkups and stay fit but they're also there to like recover from the mental impact of having a near-death experience having open heart and what that does to you psychologically. Yeah. So I was looking into that because I, I didn't doubt that things like depression and anxiety would result from having that oh, kind of surgery. Absolutely. So I, 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 I believed that. What I didn't know, oh, the medical profession is so awesome for their terminology. Okay. What I didn't know is that 
there is a recognized cognitive issue that can be caused from being on a heart and lung machine. Okay. So when you have a bypass, a machine pumps your blood for you, yeah. right? And, and air and oxygenates it for you while the surgery is going on. And afterwards you can have sort of brain issues as a result of being on that machine. Cause it's different yeah. than your own body. Yeah. You will not believe what they call it. Okay. I don't, I don't know what, what they call it. Pump head. Oh, pump head. Yeah. Wow. After open heart, you can suffer from pump head for up to a year. So you you have a lack of focus. You might not remember things. It's like this kind of fog that you have. And they call it pump head. You suffer from pump head. Pump head. That's just, it's just wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's this big, long medical term for it. But in conversation with patients, doctors call it pump head. Yeah. Wow. And there's pump head treatment centers. That's what they call it. Wow. It's so bad. That's super bad. I'll show you pump head. I used to think Barnaby was smart. And then I saw him try to give a dog Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Why is he suddenly turned stupid? Dogs can have Brussels sprouts yep. in a limited amount. Why you would ever give it but to But everybody them. warns you it may be good for good for them. They're vegetables and yeah. you know they've got a lot of fiber in them and, and that's yep. great for a dog. But they will cause flatulence. <laughs> like that's an understatement too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? How bad it is. I can't look at a Brussels sprout and not get heartburn. I mean, they just oh. kill me. Heartburn. I love them, but they kill me. Olive is getting no Brussels I can only sprouts. imagine what would happen Gosh. to Patty if he ate that whole bowl. Oh he would God. explode. Ex- that poor puppy would explode. <laughs> He's smart not to eat them. There's a dude looking at video screens. Okay. If they're running a hotel too, uh-huh. and there's two of them, uh-huh. somebody has gone into his room uh-huh. and would have seen all these screens. Well, <laughs> but he's a lodger, so they're not cleaning his room for him, right? And they're not cleaning Toby's room either. I guess not. I love the wallpaper in Toby's room, by the way. Who puts murderer on Toby's wall? Cooper, Ooh. the landlord of the pub. Oh, he, oh, that's right. He does. Because he's trying to get him to leave. He's trying to get him because he's trying to sell the pub. Yeah. But did you notice the awesome wallpaper in no. Toby's room? No. So the majority of the wall is bare yeah. or painted, but over on the side, like where murderer kind of ends, there are these, there are these weird like rectangles of wallpaper with spaces in between them. As if, imagine you had a shelving unit uh, up against the wall and it was open on the back and you wallpapered inside the spaces that the shelving made, but then you took the shelf away. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it looks like. (laughs) Like you can't possibly rent that room. I'm sorry. There's no way you can rent that room. It is unfinished. So I understand. And and Toby's room looks like like an attic unfinished room. Yeah. But Mac's room has like dark wood paneling and, yeah. and he has a small bed, but other than that, it's like a beautiful room that they let the handyman live in. And yeah, I, I not just the fact that he has all that equipment, like he looks like he's on surveillance at that desk. And you but, gotta put that up. Yeah. Like people are gonna notice you putting that up. Now he is a handyman, so he has all kinds of excuses to be on a ladder outside the pub. Yep. But not on that tree in the village green. Keith, get out of that tree. And how far does that wireless camera signal go? Oh, that's that, those are good the, cameras. Good cameras. That man. can go from that tree all the way back to the pub and yeah. get get audio. There's yeah. audio. Yeah, it's crazy. He's he, 
it's good that they say he's a PI because only somebody with some training would know how to do that kind of surveillance. Yeah. But he would have so many hours of footage to watch oh, to catch anybody doing anything. Nothing. Of no, yeah, squirrels, fox. Squirrels. Ah, look, there's a peacock, whatever, a car. There's crazy guy on his motorcycle, yeah. you know, whatever. You almost ran over my dog. You got the wrong guy, copper. Okay, are you a lawyer? Wouldn't you behave better than that? Yeah. So we go to see Alberta again, and she's in the room now. Now we get the red yeah. room. Yep. The lounge. The lounge. That is jam-packed, full of crazy. Yes. Especially the family portraits. Yes. And this is why I thought this was her family estate, because these portraits are obviously of her and her sister and a brother. Yeah, in all Looney Tunes. So in one of them, the sisters are dressed in like Sunday dresses, sitting on the lawn, and the brother, who is their children, the brother is standing behind them with a broken open shotgun across his arm. I call that one, Brother's Got a Gun. Now, we will put these pictures. Yes, we have screenshots. Yes. You can sing along to so, the Aerosmith and song. There's, there's a little doggy. Brother's got a gun. Okay. And then the other one <laughs> is, that's my pig. That's the name of that painting. <laughs> the brother has a pig. A big pig. A really big It's a pig. hog. And he's got like his hand over it. Like, no, no, I'll take care of my pig. Yeah. The sisters are hanging out of a gazebo. Yeah. Like they're going to touch the pig. And he's like, no, my pig. It's just weird. <laughs> I kind of want one of them. No, they're so weird. <laughs> And then there's lots of photographs of Teddy and Bear. Yes. The most uncreative dog names ever. I guess it's convenient. You could just go Teddy Bear. And And that's calling both of them at once. She is so good here because she's just. Oh, she's so nasty. She's so nasty. And the thing is, she just gets nastier and nastier every scene. Is this the scene where she goes, well, they couldn't have been seeing each other. Oh, no. It's the next scene where they. Where she goes, she was a lesbian. Yeah. (laughs) This is Georgie and my sister. They were lovers. She says lovers with like five syllables. Lovers. She also gets in her son's face and says, if you weren't my, I'm disgusted. If you weren't my son. Yeah. And then just looks at him. She also does this awesome eye twitch. I think she's one of the best actresses in the episode. Because she's got big eyes. Yeah. And she doesn't blink. And then she does that little twitch at the corner of her eye. It's like, back up, Gideon. Back up. Mommy's mad. (laughs) You don't know what she's going to do. By the way, Georgie, you need another surgery. That is not something you break to somebody in their living room. Without any kind of medical facts. No. By the way... Okay, now I'm, I'm going to leave. So we find out later, speaking of Erica and her medical exams, we find out later, it's a pivotal piece of information, that Mac, though he is part of the Stitcher Society, has no scar, right? Yeah, yeah. He has not had open heart surgery. Yeah. So he's insinuated himself into the society without good reason to be there. Yeah. Wouldn't they have done an entrance exam before he joined? You would think. Like you wouldn't just let a former heart patient come in and start working out without giving them a once over to make sure they're safe to do it. If they had a doctor or a nurse or a doctor nurse or whatever she is. We, I assume that she would have, because she says it's part of the procedure that if you leave the society, we give you an exam before you go. Yeah. I would assume they would do one when you got there. and I mean, I, Harry walks in the door and just starts taking his clothes off because he's so used to them checking him over. Like, I, I hate to come back to what 
is she a nurse or is she not a nurse? Because, But she tells her that she has to have surgery. That's a doctor's job. She says, by the way, I, I got the results from your cardiologist, and he says, you yeah. know, there's a murmur. So Why you is to, the cardiologist not telling Georgie I, this? That's what should be happening. Yes. Yes. So how did Mac avoid them seeing that he didn't have a scar? I don't know. Like, did he, did he say, I'm, I'm very modest about my chest. I'm sorry. I mean, you can put the monitor on outside my shirt, but I, you know, I'm, boob- I have a bad scar. I'm man boob sensitive. Yes. <laughs> I can't possibly let you see my moobs. But I'm going to like show the whole neighborhood them when I show Mimi. Uh, he's so angry. Yeah. At Mimi that he forgets that his sexy terry cloth bathrobe isn't close. <laughs> wow, that's that's some terry cloth. Mac McAnally, the moob sensitive man. Because <laughs> that's the only way he would have got away with it. Yeah. I'm very traumatized. Speaking of traumatized. <laughs> I still have pump head. You can't possibly see my moobs. <laughs> Harry getting his picture taken to be in a dating profile. Oh my gosh, I love <laughs> Harry's dating profile. <laughs> Hearts still beating because broken hearts need love, too. Mm-hmm. Motorbike man seeks pillion playmate. <laughs> that just sounds nasty. It does. Will you be my pillion playmate? That's like, it would only be worse if he said motorbike man seeks saddlebag babe or something. Why is that entire thing in there? It just has no need to be there at all. And all the photos he already has on his profile are of him in a helmet and goggles and his like scarf pulled up over his face. Yeah. So he, he looks like he's either selling the motorcycle or trying to escape from justice, but neither are going to get him a date. So then he has Cooper come over and take a photo of him in the dark. Yeah. With hands in pockets or hands without. Why are the people are dying? Yeah. And Harry's trying to get a date. I did like the the like motorcycle handlebar lamp he, that he has. Yes, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but I thought it would be be kind of bright. Like the light would be strange from At it. At first, I was like, "Is he getting home delivery of booze?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cooper does stealthy home delivery of two four packs of beer. <laughs> He's creeping around. Georgie, Georgie is leaving Harry's office when yeah. Cooper shows up with the beer to yep. take the dating photo. <laughs> She's leaving because that she, sentence just I know. Came out of your I know. <laughs> She's leaving because she's just seen Harry to have him help her change her will in favor of Toby. Harry still thinks, he's still convinced that Toby murdered Viola. Why would he agree to change Georgie's will? So would not agree to do that. No, he wouldn't. I mean, now, granted, she's going to pay him for an hour of work or whatever. He's going to take it. But I think he would try to talk her out of it for quite a while and probably put it off and like, you think about it until tomorrow and then I'll do it. I don't think he'd be like, okay, I'll let the killer have all your stuff if something happens to you. I want to talk to Georgie about her exercise regime. Okay. For, so first of all, you just got news from your cardiologist that you need another surgery. Yeah. So let's go exercise Maybe real hard. it's not the time to exercise. Yeah. Second of all, have you never heard of warming up and cooling down? Like you want to say that you don't know what Erica does for a living. I can tell you what she doesn't do. She doesn't give good advice. No. Because she's the one who's just told Georgie she has to have surgery again. And she's also the one who gives the okay for Georgie to work out alone. Alone. So then... Bar- Georgie puts in Barber of Seville and <laughs> listens to it as loud as possible. Is that good workout music? No, it's not. 
Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. <laughs> I can't imagine rowing to Figaro. Now, it does have that cool thing where the, she has a heart monitor on and they use it to show that her heart. Yeah, because it's clipped to the front of her tank yeah. top. It took yeah. me a while to figure out what that was. Because at first I thought it was like a river stone, like a pebble. Yeah. Balancing on her cleavage. <laughs> like, why does she have like a hot stone massage stone like balanced on her boobs? Because she's all sandals and hippies. She's, she's all smocks and sandals. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a monitor. So that makes sense. Yeah. Because then she gets to flatline. Yeah. So this is now where they go and talk to Georgie. Uh, uh, no, she's dead. Goes to talk to Alberta <laughs> about being the other the other woman. Yeah. And she's like, uh, it's not Georgia. She was sleeping with my sister, so it couldn't have been her. Yeah. That was luring my husband away. Because they don't yet know that Reuben and Julia had a thing. Yeah. Right? Because why would they? If Reuben was part of the, the mob, she's not going to be open to, to him because it's, you know, it's her brother that they're trying to kill at the beginning. But since Reuben's had this change of heart, <gasps> like that pun. Yeah. Um. Uh, he said this. He's been convinced that there's evidence. I don't even think that Ruben has seen the evidence that Mac claims to have that exonerates Toby. No, he's just taken his word for it yep. that it exists. Meanwhile, Mimi is everywhere trying to sell everything right away. Right away, she's going to sell the pub that Cooper thinks he can sell without his wife knowing. Yeah, isn't she going to notice when? <laughs> They don't work there anymore or By live the way, there anymore. I've sold the pub. The me- the moving trucks are here. What? Honey, why are you packing stuff in boxes? Like we, oh, I forgot to tell you. I sold our house. Last Silly week we me. talked about dumpable offenses. That is Selling one. the house without telling the other person, that's a dumpable. It is right out. Right out. <laughs> Unless you both really wanted to sell it and you were like, surprise, I found a buyer. And they're, they paid way over the asking price. Aren't you happy? And like, oh, yes, that's awesome. I didn't think we would ever do it. Yeah. Um, but even then, why would you make it a surprise? <laughs> that's just stupid. <laughs> and Mimi is so evil. Not only is she trying to make a buck, not only is she fluttering in McFlirt pants, but she's also like, it was my ex-husband. He did it. He did it. He did it. He did it. Yeah. Like, Let him go to prison no for something I did. Conscience at all let me rile up all my friends to sick their dogs on him yeah like how much do you hate your ex-husband yeah i don't think she does hate him i think she's just that evil with a smile the whole time yeah so georgie gets strangled right yes with what a ribbon a ribbon yep that's what the wiki says she's strangled with because i couldn't tell i thought maybe it was like a yoga band like no, one of those rubber strangled bands. Strangled with a red ribbon. A yoga band would be better, don't you think? I would think that the headband from the kendo stuff, which is now completely forgotten. Oh, yes, it's gone. It's gone. Yeah, those might not be bad. But, you know, if they had good forensics, they'd pick up sweat on her skin yeah, from somebody else. Somebody else. So you get that touch DNA stuff. But they don't really do that in midsummer. But no. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that one of those stretchy rubber bands would be, oh, it would hurt, too. It would like give you a burn, too, I think. Yeah. Because they're kind of rubbery latexy anyway a ribbon yeah whatever that's kind of lame flora says she should get be getting double bubble yep you know what that is like overtime overtime yeah Yeah. she should say that in every episode 
Yeah, she should. <laughs> That's like the permanent state of being in Midsummer is if you're in police or if you're in forensics, you work all the time because there's just dead people everywhere. <laughs> Ruben Sack Gideon. So no one cares. No one cared when he did it. No. No one cared now that it's over. Like, it's why Ruben there? Ruben's there to get killed, honey. It's Gideon who Sorry, you don't think should be there. <laughs> I know, I keep getting Gideon their names there? mixed up, why, too. Why is Gideon there? I just don't know. We go to the cop shop for the first time in the episode. Yep. For the most amazing extra ever. Yes. We have a photo of her to share with you. She's in the foreground. Yes. And she's looking at a monitor, and she's using a pen to point to things on the monitor for her own reference, like she's trying to read along with something. Yep. But what she's looking at... And she's got fingers in front of her mouth. Mm-hmm. She's doing it. She's concentrating. She's not the extra that is in Georgie's first room. Alberta's first room, mm-hmm. sorry. Just standing around. Just standing around. No, this lady at the cop shop is working hard because she's doing something impossible. She's looking at a grid that's like three by four yep. pages of like scanned microfilm documents they're tiny. They're like an inch and a half tall each. They look to be handwritten. And it's only the middle third of the screen. And she's so, trying to read them. Like the first third of the screen is like some form. Yeah. And then the second. Like she doesn't th- even have these things full screen is the what we're saying. The middle third is the this document. Yeah. And then the last third is like a file explorer. Yeah. And she's focused so hard. There's no way she can read them. People can't see that you're making buggy eyes right now. Buggy (laughs) eyes and fingers in front of her mouth. She's she's doing the impossible if she can read those things. She's working really hard. It'd be like taking um, microfilm out of the sleeve and just holding it up to the light and thinking you could read it. (laughs) You just can't do that. Does Mac have a Mac? No, it's a PC. It's a PC. Okay. Yeah, I had to check that too. <laughs> so I was like, Mac McInerney, the bashful moob man, has a Mac. Okay. <laughs> Two people have died. Uh huh. There's a crazy lady running around. Mm-hmm. Barnaby's trying to get a chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. Let's have a shooting party. What? Oh. Before we go to the shooting party, we have one of our Watch Like a Maniacs things, though. Yes. When Winter is bustling across the village green to stop Harry from taking off on his motorcycle, we see the elusive statue of a soldier. There's a memorial there. And the soldier statue, is it's an outline of a soldier. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, So we've got a photo of it. I even circled it on the photo because it's so subtle you can miss it. It's hard to see. It's side on, and it's really just an outline of a person. It's really neat. And we said that you could even tell what time of year it was. Mm -hmm. How did we say? How do you know? By the sun. Well, there's the sun. And the flyer from the the clay pigeon shoot. It says November. But he also... he has a uh, poppy oh, on. The soldier has a poppy on. Why don't the why doesn't Bar- Barnaby have one on them? I don't he know. Should have they one should on. have poppies on. Yeah, they all Everybody would. Everybody should have. Yeah, poppies they all on. would, right? Yeah. So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do a clay pigeon shoot because they're trying to impress Jocasta. Yes. Why on earth would Toby go to this event? I don't he's know. surrounded by people who have tried to kill him once, and he's like, I'm gonna go to a shooting party with them. Why? That'd be the last place I would be. Yeah. I Well, I wouldn't go to a shooting party anyway. I, 
just being that close to a gun would make me so nervous. There'd be no way I could. No. no. And the pub owner is so shaky. I don't know why he's so shaky. I don't trust any of these people with a gun. Alberta takes over and starts shooting everything. Well, you know, um, father used to take us out on the glorious 12th every year, which is the day that the shooting season opens for grouse. Yeah. Yeah. The glorious day you get to go shoot things. But it's Max turn now. He mentions Culloden. Mm-hmm. It's the final confrontation of the Jacobite rising of 1745. The Jacobites, the Roundheads, or the Whigs? Don't know which they are. Okay. Uh, 16th of April, 1746. The Jacobite army of Charles Edward Stuart is decisively defeated by the British government in Scotland. Why would he mention it? I know he's Scottish. Because he's Scottish, I think. And that was a victory for the Scottish? Yes. So shooting a clay pigeon is like being victorious over a foe in war? I guess so. Okay. They wouldn't shoot anything like the weapon No, (laughs) not at all. They'd have like flintlocks. Then the Wikipedia article said something that I found incredibly interesting, which was it was the last pitched battle fought on British soil. Do you know what a pitched battle is? I've always assumed that it was a, um, like a a fast battle. Like high pitched. Like high energy battle. That's almost exactly what it isn't. Oh. A pitched battle, or sometimes called set piece battle, is a battle in which the opposing forces each anticipate the setting of the battle and each chooses to commit to it. So basically, so they say, do you want to fight on this field? And they say, yes, we yeah. agree to fight on that field. It's one of those typical, those stereotypical, everybody lines up and just walks at each other shooting. Yes, it's not a siege or an ambush. It's like, we're going to meet here at this time. Mm-hmm. And we're going to a flip f- a coin to see who has to face the sun. And, and we're, we're going to have a fight right here. <laughs> it's the worst kind of battle. That's so weird. Like, that's such a holdover. Yeah. Yeah, I would have thought a pitched battle meant like, oh, it was like furious. Like, stuff was flying everywhere. And, you know, it was kind of crazy. Which is why I was and, like, that's the last pitched battle? Yeah. But then I was like, when would there be another one on British soil? And then I was thinking about it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, there were probably pitched battles in... The Revolutionary War, for certain. But that's not a British soil. No. And they only started that way. And then the Americans went, screw this. This is a dumb way to fight. Yeah, we're going to attack you all the time. Yeah, from everywhere. (laughs) Because, yeah, we don't play that game. Because that's a losing game. And there may have been some in the First World War. But there was no fighting on the British soil in the First World War. No. So it probably was the last one. In the Second World War. No. Again, people got smart enough to know that's not how you fight. Let's... Let's meet here. And and let's have rules. Yes. And we'll play by the rules. Yes. And we'll take a tea break yeah. in the middle of the battle. Yeah. And we'll be allowed to go and get our injured off the field without being fired at. Yeah. It's it's like um it's chivalry. Yeah. You know? It is. It's like a last throwback of chivalry. Yeah. Yeah. That's no more. No. Blammo. Mac gets it right in the face. So they, they do this clay pigeon shoot to impress Jocasta. And she says, oh, she's very impressed by that. She's... You know, she's really leaning in now. She might, like, franchise um, the Stitcher Society. But she says that she thinks they should change the name to Blood Pumpers Limited. Blood Pumpers Limited. I am here to tell you, audience, listen close. Do not Google this phrase. (laughs) Okay? Even with your safe search on. 
Without the limited part, don't. Oh my gosh, no. And I'll tell you why, so that you're not tempted by curiosity, because if you're like me, that'd be the first thing I would do. Somebody says, don't do it. I'm like, I'm going to do that. Yep. There's really only one thing that those two words together reference, blood pumpers as like a phrase with quotes around them. And it is, I'm not even going to call it gay porn. Okay. Because... Gay porn is totally legitimate for gay people to watch and more yep. power to you. It's beyond that. Okay. It, and it is not, no, nobody needs to see it. Okay. Wow. Ooh. So don't. Okay. Anyway, now now I have pump brain. Um, I need to <laughs> pump it. <laughs> Woo. Okay. Scrub that. Anyway, don't do it. Yep. Um, so they go and they have the shoot. I love the way they handle Mac's death. Yeah. It's really well done. Yeah. There's a big poster that has no reason to be there except nope. to catch blood. Yes. And it's perfect. And so he shoots once and he hits the pigeon and that's great. And then it's clear that the second tube of his gun, right? It's a, yep. it's double barrel. The second double. barrel has had cloth jammed in it from the breech end yep. so that he wouldn't see it when he put his shell in. And when he puts it in and closes it and shoots it, the bullet has no place to go. So it goes backwards out the breech at his face. And removes his face. Removes his face. But of course, we don't see that. No. Right? We, we see sort of an explosion kind of like flash on the edge of the screen. And then we see everybody's reaction. Yeah. And it's perfect. But it made me wonder, what did the director do over there for them to all react to it? Yeah. Because it's really hard to react to nothing. I mean, people yeah. who, who act in like movies that are heavily reliant on CGI have to do this all the time now. Yeah. But you wouldn't be used to doing that in a, a show like Midsummer. So... Like, did they just, you know, <laughs> did they put like ketchup all over Mac's face and or like something. pretend like that's what it would look like? So they are, or some po poor intern had to come over and like, because they do have some kind of exploding blood pack. Yep. So they set that off and then everybody has to react. Boom. Yeah. Because they all do such a great job of looking absolutely horrified well, never mind okay <laughs> every time i see anything in being filmed i think that it's all out of order so who knows what order that was filmed in what would that matter what difference would that make well they may have filmed the blood going on the poster first right because right. they don't need anybody yeah, in that they don't shot need anybody there then everybody gets there and then they do the the regular scenes and then they do the one with where Mac leaves, like he doesn't need to be even be there. Right. I was just so impressed with the consistency of horror yeah, that that it's whole group good. of actors There's a has. lot of good acting there. And I was also impressed with these people who, we have no reason to think that they're gentry, and yet they all managed to have a full set of tweeds in the closet. Yes. <laughs> for just this occasion, you know, and... I can just imagine Hannah leaving going, I got blood on my tweeds. Well, Hannah has, uh, she doesn't have it on in this scene, but she has a tweed hat that's in the promo pics. Oh, yeah. To match the jacket that she's yes. wearing. It, it's beautiful tweeds. Yep. Talk about blood pumpers. That's a splat on that <laughs> sign. The language on that flyer is really weird. Yeah. It's almost like everybody's being called to a meeting. Yes. Like, can you please be there? Yeah. But then it says, contact Gideon to sign up. Yeah. What? Huh? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't know why they put all the guns in the dining room table either, or the pool table or wherever they're at. I don't know. Like, wouldn't you start outside and stay outside? Yeah. 
Yep. Um, hey, we got like 10 minutes left in that episode. Let's figure it all out right now. Yep. We got to have the big, aha! Okay, so Toby is inheriting Georgie's house. Mm-hmm. How does he get into Georgie's house to hang out there? Give, they give him the keys? We, we have to pretend there's no probate or anything like that. It just doesn't happen. So then why... Does lawyer Marx do the best imitation of being the killer that he can? I don't know. Because <laughs> he's still really mad at Toby. I don't know why Harry cares so much. I don't know why Harry cares so much. Like, what does it matter to him that Viola's dead? He didn't have a relationship with her. I mean, is she she wasn't his girlfriend. They don't, you know, I don't know why he's so worked up. Especially since he's apparently constantly high. So... Yeah. He, you'd think he would be all smocks and sandals too, all laid back and whatever. No, he's he's the I'm pretending to be the killer kind of high. Do you think, by the way, you could tear duct tape wearing leather gloves? Oh, it would be tough. I don't think I, I don't think I could. I don't know if I could. You almost have to put a fingernail on the edge of it, almost yeah. just to get it to rip. Maybe he's really strong. Maybe I don't know. Barnaby calls his computer expert Fleur. Fleur. <laughs> He just calls the only person who's still back at the cop shop. Yeah. <laughs> tells her, hey, search that computer. I know you got nothing else to do. And I was really surprised when he, he hears the, the scream and sees the door is open in Georgie's place, that he doesn't just take off running, that he calls Winter and yeah, says, meet me there. Meet me there. And then what does he do? I don't know if he just saunters over there. He or, just kind of walks over. I guess. Because Hannah is screaming. Yes. So what has happened is Harry has attacked Toby. Yeah. And bound him. Yeah. And is now about to beat him with a rattan stick. Yeah. Until he confesses that he killed Viola. You have five seconds. I was like, one, two, three, four, five. That's too fast. It's one elephant, two elephant, three. We'll get to elephants. (laughs) So then Mimi comes in. Is she there to sell the house? Like, why is she there? I think she's probably there to talk Toby into selling it and to take measurements. I guess. Or or to kill Toby herself. So then Harry has a heart attack. Yes, because he gets too worked up. (laughs) And we never see this heart attack. No. And Mimi, who now suddenly has such a concern for life. Yeah. Why does she save Harry when she could easily go... Oh, Harry was the killer all along. Yeah, and he even killed Toby before I could stop him. Yeah. <laughs> she could have. Easy, easy. She doesn't. So I, I guess we're supposed to suppose that this this group of people actually do care for each other in some way. She doesn't care about them in any other way. No. <laughs> She's measuring up Georgie's place like the day she died. Yep. Like she kills her in the evening and the next morning she's measuring her house and taking photos. (laughs) Just a heartless. And she's singing Nellie the Elephant. She's singing Nellie the Elephant, which is a song that people are taught in CPR classes so that you get the the pace of the compressions correct. Nellie the Elephant is not a song that we would sing, right, to keep the compressions correct. So if you had to pick a song that would help you do the compressions fast enough because you need to do a hundred a minute. Yeah, it's much faster than you think it is. Yeah, what song would you pick? I would pick "Staying Alive" because that's the one I've seen commercials about. 
the yeah. Bee Gees song. The Bee Gees song. So yep. staying alive, Live, staying alive. So it's like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and that's alive, that's a good speed. Yep. And staying alive is a popular song to do it to because it's easy to remember in that situation because you're trying yep. to keep somebody alive, yep. right? And it has the right beat. And we know that like the UK Heart Foundation has done ads. Yeah, Vinnie Jones. Vinnie has Jones a, has a great ad. Has a great ad where he play, He's a gangster because that's who Vinnie Jones always plays. Well, when he's not a football player, though. Who is also a gangster? People would say. People would challenge that They're he was a the football same thing. player. Yeah. Um, uh, he may have received some red cards. Yeah. So I. I knew that's why she was singing Nelly the Elephant. So I went to look to see what other songs were taught to be yep. used for CPR. But what I did was I looked I looked up the Nelly the Elephant CPR thing. I found a research article. And then I looked to see what articles cite that article to see whether people had tried other songs and studies to see what was the best song. This is going to go badly. I found a gold mine. Okay. Okay. So these are scientists trying to choose the right song to teach CPR to for the best Which outcomes. Is something that should be studied scientifically. Absolutely. They should in a controlled yeah. manner. In what field of study is this? Um, so it's um, emergency, um, emergency health. And you see uh, some of the articles were from like pediatrics because they're talking about giving children CPR and what song should you sing then. And, you know, it's like a, a whole range of medical okay. fields, right? But in all the ones I looked at, they're doing like, is this song better or this song better? Okay. Because there's two things you got to do. You got to do the compressions at the right speed and at the right depth, right? Yes. So if you do them too fast, you tend to not push deep enough. It should be about two yeah. inches of compression, which makes it ineffective, right? If you push too slow but far enough, you're likely not to save them either because they won't get enough blood through their body, right? Yes. I knew I was onto something when the first article in the results had this title. Achy, breaky, makey, wakey heart, a randomized crossover trial of musical prompts for CPR. <laughs> Somebody had some fun with that. Achy, breaky, makey, wakey. Makey, wakey. So what these people did was a controlled study between two songs, Achy, breaky, heart. Yes. Don't break my heart, my achy breaky heart. Yes. And a song called Disco Science by Mirwa, Mirways. Mirways. We'll link to it. It's the weirdest video I have ever seen. I'd never heard this song. I had to look it up. The gentleman has worked with Madonna. So it's like a techno dance song. But that video, wow. Does it even have lyrics? Uh, I don't. I didn't know. watch it, it all the way through. Is, I will admit. Uh, oh. After after Blood Pumpers Limited, I could not risk it. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a '90s video of electronic dance music with women who shoot lasers out of their nipples. Yeah, and it's not memorable because it doesn't have lyrics to sing. Uh, it you takes know. samples from the breeders, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So the breeders, the band. Right. Yeah. So there's no surprise. Achy Breaky Heart turned out to be a better song for that. Song, I would agree. For that experiment. Um, then, of course, there's ones where uh, the second title was Death Before Disco. Okay. The effectiveness of a musical metronome on lay per- layperson cardiopulmonary resuscitation training. <laughs> so they tested whether the Bee Gees staying alive was better than a metronome. Oh. Who cares? You don't have a metronome handy. Do you carry yeah. a metronome around? I know professional musicians. They don't have a metronome in their pocket. Somebody collapses in the grocery store. They're not like, 
Let me go home and get my metronome <laughs> so Hold that I can be sec. sure to do this to the beat. <laughs> Even if you had an app on your phone. Yeah. Like you're not going to hear it when everybody around you is like, oh my gosh, call the police, call the ambulance. Yeah. Staying alive is still going to be better. But the next one, the last one I'm going to tell you about, it's a, it's a more thorough study. It's more rigorous. Okay. Because they didn't just have one or two songs they tested. They tested five. Okay. Um, and they purposefully chose a range of songs that they thought um, most people would be familiar with. Okay. And that would be easy to remember in, in this kind of panic scenario. Okay? okay. The title is How ABBA May Help Improve Neonatal Resuscitation Training. Okay. Which ABBA song do you think they chose? Hmm. Now, it's got to be memorable, and it's got to have a fast beat. He's over there bopping in his head to every ABBA song. Voulez-vous. Voulez-vous. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That song? Yeah. Wow. Do you think people remember all the words to that song? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's more like, aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's breathier than that. No. Do you want to guess one more? Waterloo. No. What? SOS. What? Yeah. What is that song? It's, um, darling, if you love me, SOS, that song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But like you, I like, that's all I remember of that song. And I really like ABBA, but I can't like conjure the rest of that song. I've never seen an ABBA show, but I did see Erasure do an ABBA show. (laughs) They probably did a good job. Which was a party. Yeah. So the other songs they chose, remember, fast, familiar to most people. Okay. So they did ABBA SOS. Okay. They did Staying Alive. Staying Alive. Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin, Robin Lady Lady Egg. Egg. Da, 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 da. Yep. Joker Got Away. Hey, yep. yeah. So that's that's a good speed. <laughs> then Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive. I Will Survive. But no, first I was afraid. I was, I was petrified. petrified. Okay, the person's dead. Yeah, plus I don't think you should be singing about outer space when you're <laughs> doing that. <laughs> the I Will Survive. As long as I know how to love, I know I'll be alive. Like, that's a good, that's that, fast enough. But, like, somebody would be like, no, don't do the verses. Just go to the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last song was Strauss's Radetzky March. Oh, okay. Do you know that song? No, I don't know. You'd know it as soon as you heard it. Okay. It's not quite like the William Tell overture, like, bump, 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 but it's that kind of song. It's okay. a march, right? Okay. So it has the. Four, four. Yep. Yep. Which song do you think won? Staying Alive. No, ABBA, SOS. Uh, oh, well, yeah. That so, was in the title. Yeah. But that's for neonatal it. resuscitation, right? Yeah. And then there was this last one was metronome versus popular song. So you think, oh, this is going to be a song I recognize. Yep. But the song that they chose is a song called Men Are Ships, Women Are Ports. What? First of all, what? Yeah. <laughs> men are ships, baby. Yeah. Women are ports. Ports. You want to... No. Put your ship no. in a port? No. Okay. <laughs> That's a Mimi line, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> it's, a, it's a song from Hong Kong, and it is easy listening. It doesn't yeah. even have a beat. It I don't doesn't. know why yeah. they chose it. It's really bad. I looked it up on YouTube, yeah. and it's, yeah, I mean, it's like a, a Celine Dion kind of song. Easy listening <laughs> Chinese music. So yeah. if you take anything away, 100 beats a minute, two two-inch compression, and sing Stayin' Alive 
or achy breaky heart. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe you'll save somebody's life. That's our PSA for this episode. And now let's return to the episode and <laughs> Hannah, Hannah Waddington does the range of acting. Does she just tell the ambulance, forget it? Like he's awake, so he doesn't need an ambulance anymore? No. If his heart had stopped and she started it again, he still needs to go to the hospital. Oh, he still needs to go to the hospital. <laughs> but poor Harry just lays on the floor the whole time going, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Because she goes from, oh, Barnaby, you're so silly, to, it's all your fault. <laughs> Actually, I didn't come for Harry. Did I, Mimi? And she's I'm like, flattered, but you're married. Yeah. <laughs> like, that would stop her. She's so good, though. Like, yeah. deflect, deflect, deflect. You must be on Harry's weed. <laughs> yeah. Well... Isn't he, by the end of it, sitting there with a joint in his fingers or yeah, something? Yeah, I think so. Um, but, like, as soon as Barnaby says enough that she knows, okay, he actually has the evidence, he actually does know that it was me. This is all Harry's fault. Oh, it's not that. It's, this is all Harry's fault. Ah! Yeah. Like, she turns into a viper. She whips around on him, points her finger at him. Like, whoo, there's another woman. I don't want mad at me. Like, whoa. Yeah. Mimi's big mad. And then she tell <laughs> Barnaby tells her that that Mac was conning Reuben. Mm-hmm. So that there's no actual evidence. No. So she killed all these people the, because she was trying to stop evidence coming nothing. out. Yeah. Because she killed Viola. Yeah. And she thinks that evidence is going to prove Toby didn't do it. And she did. Yep. And so she's got to keep that evidence from coming out. And it never existed. And that makes her crack even more. Oh, yeah. Because the way she explains how she killed Viola, which was, she just stepped in front of me. Would you think less of me if I told you it was an accident? Yes. She didn't like the way I did business. So I just picked up something heavy and she ran into it three or four times. Three or four times. She's a psychopath. And she's just smiling the whole time. Like she expects him to go, oh, never mind. Let her go. Yeah, Winters is just like, whoa. Imagine Mimi in prison. Oh. She's going to run that joint. She is going to run that joint. Just be like, can I wear heels with my striped outfit? (laughs) Sarah, I got to tell you, the thing that I've learned from this episode Mm -hmm. is that we've been using fridges wrong. We have? Yes. How? You put things on plates in fridges. Oh, you're not supposed to like put them in containers or anything, no, right? You just put no. them on a plate. Just and put just them on a plate and put, put them, them in, in the fridge. And that is all that's in your fridge. You have no condiments, no ice, no milk, no... Well, if your kid is doing a project at school, you change everything about your life to be supportive of it. So you just completely empty your fridge and then buy only vegetables and put them on plates. Oh, okay. I... I I'm I'm a little upset still after all of being sick last week because I'm like Patty. If you eat that, you're going to be sick. <laughs> don't Patty. Don't don't Patty. <laughs> and where do they come from? Why are there even sausages in there? On a plate. Just sitting on a plate. Like, like those are leftovers, that right? That is not healthy. No. Like those are leftovers, right? Because yeah. uh, who cooks three sausages and just puts them in the fridge? Yeah. So they had them for a meal. I guess. I think Betty made them. When nobody was looking, Betty's like, screw this healthy eating. I'm making some sausages. <laughs> and she leaves them on a plate. Well, I'm going to cook in a tie. And Betty. Take <laughs> off your damn tie, man. <laughs> he carves pumpkins in a tie, too. Oh. And then Patty steals it and eats it. And just, <laughs> again, John like I said. John knew how to relax at home. 
I don't even know what he thinks he's trying to make. He yeah. doesn't have the same ingredients as no. the people in the video. No. <laughs> he has radishes and carrots, and they're talking about they peppers have, and mushrooms. They don't have plates and stuff in their fridge. <laughs> if our child put a plate in the fridge like that, I would be like, what are you doing? Are you broken? Are you broken? We have Tupperware. We yeah. have containers. We have yes. plastic wrap. Yes. We have bags. That will protect it. We'll keep it from falling off the plate, yeah. at least. At least. You can't store... Anything in a fridge, if that's how you store it. You can't stack anything if it's just no. sitting on a plate. <laughs> Never mind. There's a crisper drawer for a reason. That's where vegetables go, right? Not so on plates. <laughs> you Sometimes you get hooked into something and you just can't let it go. I'm going to just put three sausages on a plate and watch it's you go not crazy. how a fridge works. Imagine what their freezer looks like. Uh, it's like a scoop of ice cream sitting on the shelf. <laughs> It's in not a bowl. A, not in, in a, a container. Bowl. No, it's on a plate. It's just sitting there. <laughs> like an ice cube on a plate. An ice, ice cube, cube on, on a plate. A, plate. <laughs> a whole bunch of plates in there. Wow. So that was. That's why Betty's never around. Her parents are insane. <laughs> the, the only thing I want to say about Stitcher Society to, fin to end off is we need Hannah Waddington to return. We need a return villain and she has what it takes. Oh, she could escape from prison. She could escape Or from she could get out early, you know, like something. super early. Yeah. <laughs> she is a villain that needs to recur. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine just seeing her walk down the street towards the camera? Yep. You're like, she's supposed to be in jail. It would be as good as the rainbirds coming back. That is she exactly what I thought. Are you guys listening? Yep. ITV people. ITV people. She should come back. Yes. Because, you know, Ted Lasso took her away. She's been yep. plenty busy doing amazing things. She's done yep. all kinds of amazing yep. stuff. But Ted Lasso's one more season and it's done. Yep. So she'll have the time. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso. Go watch it. Go watch it. But bring Hannah back. Yeah. Bring Hannah back. She's known for being super tall. She's not that tall. When when she gets in the police car and she's full on Dulali, I'm like, we need to see her again. I kind of want her to come back not glamorous. Yeah, and like... Like, you wouldn't even recognize her because her hair's down and she's wearing, like, jeans. Something. I can't yep. imagine Hannah Waddington jeans. Yes. So, best corpse. <laughs> nice corpse. Ruben, Georgie, Mac. Well, we don't see Mac. Nope. Uh, and we see Ruben on the slab, but we don't see Georgie other than, like, we don't even see her lying dead. No. So, so we got to go with Ruben because he's the only be corpse Ruben. we really have. Yeah. Though he does a good job because the focus is on his scar, which would be really easy if, if, if he was breathing, you know, in any way significant, it would definitely move it. Yeah. And it doesn't. So good job there. Played by um, Silas Carson, who most recently has played an Ood in Doctor Who for several episodes. Oh. Do you remember what Ood's look like? Yeah. They, they have like they, face tentacles and yeah. like a little ball that they yeah. talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, he's a handsome man. I don't know why he would want to play an Ood, but it's a good part, I guess. I guess. It's, it's a big part. So we're going with Ruben. After the credits, well, oh. we've already said Mimi escapes from prison and comes back. Yes. Right. But what else is going to happen? Are Julia and Cooper going to work it out or are they done? I think they're done. Like the, you were going to sell the pub underneath me. Well, and she was leaving. Yeah. Why would she convince Toby to come back to the village if she I knows she's going to leave with Ruben? No. Are Erica and Gideon going to stay together? Um, maybe. I don't care. Mm, you don't really like them. Yeah. And Jocasta could cause problems between them, too. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I think Alberta's probably going to take Jocasta out. Yeah. <laughs> or just say, no, I, I own the business. Yeah. And uh, I don't want to deal with you. Because she clearly doesn't like But how like many Jocasta. people are left in the Stitcher Society? Very few. Yeah. Like, Toby's going to leave. Julia's going to leave. Well, Julia was only there because her husband had open heart. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So she's a spouse. So she's she's out when her husband is out. Yeah. So Ruben's gone. Alberta and Gideon and Erica run it. Okay, so they're still there. Mimi's gone. Yeah. Georgie's gone. Yep. Harry could stay. Harry's Harry both has to look very hard at his own life and has to deal with the trauma that he just yeah. went through. But so so we have one person who's still a member. Harry, Harry right? Um Cooper is going to sell the pub and I would assume leave. Yep. So he's gone. Mac is dead. Toby is not going to stick around. Nope. So, yeah, I mean, um, Harry, Harry, is, Harry is the only member Harry's of the Citrus Society. The society. <laughs> it's, it's just him. They could just call it the Harry Society. The Harry, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> that's what they called the room where they put the the prosthetics on yes. everybody's chest. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of done. Yeah. And that's kind of the whole green of the village too, because all those people live right on the village circle around yeah, the green. There's not much left of this village. Anymore. No, it's kind of obliterated. Yeah. Wow. So that's the Stitcher Society. You can find Midsummer Maniacs on Twitter, Instagram, and email. We're also posted on the Facebook groups for Midsummer and Acorn and the subreddit and anywhere else. We find other maniacs. Fellow maniacs like you. Again, thank you so much for listening. What's our next episode? Our next episode is Happy Families, season mm. 12, uh, season uh, 22, episode three. So now this is this is a weird episode because remember there were these two episodes and then a big break. Uh-huh. And then we did eight episodes in November of 2021, yeah. including four minis and four regulars, yeah. which was insane. We had to pedal down. I think we kind of went a little nuts. <laughs> but Joshua is our guest for the mini episode for Happy Family. Yeah, because it's about the, um, the, the guy Borg. who gets killed owns a game company. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, it's fun. So it's a good one. So they're listen, all good ones. Listen, what am I saying? I always listen, say that. And it's they're all good. Listen to the mini episode, and I'll tell you what. I'll I'll do a challenge for the reader mm, for the, the listeners. listeners. The, earlier they were viewers yeah. and now they're readers. A challenge for the <laughs> listeners. Uh if you want Joshua to come back and do the episode with us, let us know. <laughs> And we'll let him know. I think Joshua was so befuddled by even being on the mini. Yes, he was very, <laughs> he called us professional. He's which like, was strange. you guys are really good at this. I don't even know why you needed me here. And we're like, because you're, you're into games. We thought you could contribute something. You know, it's fun. And we talked very little. Of you're you're our friend. And, he, and then afterwards he was like, well, that was fun, but I don't know uh, why you wanted me, but I hope I helped. <laughs> like, okay, cool. So, so go go listen to the mini. If you want Joshua back, <laughs> let us know. All right, maniacs. Until next time. Bye, maniacs. Bye, maniacs. What episode was set in Tamworth Springs? I don't know. Uh, the episode, it's its near Badger's Drift. No, it's not Badger's Drift. It's, now I got to look it up. Yeah, we'll have to do that again. Yeah. Don't ask me questions you haven't prepped me on. I 
thought I could remember it. Because I don't know the answer.